Power the Future presents the Your Fracking Welcome podcast. Each week, Rick and Larry take you through the latest news you need to know to take on the eco-left. We're proud to stand with our country's energy workers who get the job done every day. And to all those greenies out there, we say, you're fracking welcome. Now, here's Rick and Larry. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you are across this amazing world of ours, welcome to the Your Frackin' Welcome podcast brought to you by Power of the Future. I'm Rick Whitbeck. Joining me as always, Larry Behrens. I get to serve with pleasure as the Alaska State Director for Power of the Future. And Larry is our Western States Director headquartered there in beautiful, the 47th State of the Union, New Mexico. Larry, welcome to the show. And uh, as always, how you doing? I'm doing great. Does it get any more Western than the Western? Oh, yeah, Alaska. Alaska gets more Western. That's right. Never mind. <laughs> and Eastern. We actually, we actually crossed the, uh, the international date line with a, with a couple islands. So we're actually the easternmost and the westernmost state. So when, when Rick's late for a meeting, he just blames the date line. Is that how that works? Exactly. Absolutely, <laughs> man. It's great so to we've see had you this a, week. We've had a, yeah, thanks, man. We've had a really interesting week here at Power of the Future as we launched a new study. Um, Larry's going to tell you more about it because uh, this is something that we've been talking about for months, and it really is the Red New Deal. And Larry, fill us in. Well, yeah, and you've also been on it as well. We'll get to the the legislation that was proposed in Alaska. But the fact of the matter is, it's something that has been in the works a long time, not just for our organization, but has been planned for a long time by those who don't uh, want to you know, help our country and wish it well. And when I say that, I mean the Chinese Communist Party and those leaders in China who want to control markets in nearly everything. And that includes our energy. And so just to break it down very quickly, you know, uh, many of the things we use are electronics and a whole bunch of other things. But in particular, the components that go into any number of renewable uh, manufacturing products, your solar panels, your wind turbines, are based on rare earth metals who what country of the world has a dominant position of rare earth metals but china and i mentioned it wasn't by accident it absolutely wasn't they have maneuvered themselves to be in this position so that they would hold this over not just the united states but the rest of the world and it's really important to be discussing right now because as we look at well over 90 percent of our medical equipment coming from china If China truly wanted to um, impose restrictions on us with medical equipment, what would that do right now as we go through a worldwide pandemic? Well, if the green movement has their way, China will also have that control over our energy. Nine out of the top 10 solar panel producers are out of China. And so imagine for a second that, you know, it's only just a few years ago and we aren't energy independent and we have to look to OPEC to see what they're going to do to decide how that is going to shape our economy. Giving up that independence is something that is not in the best interest of our country, our national security. It is definitely not in the best interest of the energy workers of New Mexico, Alaska, and the rest of the United States. And so we've highlighted that. If you go to our website, powerthefuture.com, you're going to see how the Chinese rare earth minerals uh, saga, if you will, has taken over and and made the those on the green side of things, absolute hypocrites, as they ignore China's human rights abuses and environmental abuses. Absolutely. You know, you look at the, uh, as Larry mentioned, 
the absolute um, uh, dependability of the Chinese government to uh, be in control of the green energy movement, right? They have a, a dominant position in the, in, the, uh, in the world, much like with electronics and much like with uh, PPE and all kinds of other things. They have no problems pulling the trigger and putting the thumb down on countries, uh, whether it's calling in loans, whether it's taking, you know, um, whether it's taking financial positions to harm uh, other sovereign nations' economies, all in the name of, well, having power and control. If they make the green technology that then is going to someday in a just transition world power America and the rest of the world, and the U.S. and other countries don't react to that by mining their own rare earths, by creating their own solar panels, by you know uh, manufacturing more and more product, by having their own smelters, well, then they have the ability to put the thumb uh, right in or put the put the the thumb right on the pulse and start to squeeze, put the the you know the the heel into the neck of America, and we can't let that happen, ladies and gentlemen, because. It's it's while it's happening right now, we need to change it. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a simple exercise that anyone who listens to us, I'd want them to to undertake any solar panel you have access to, whether it's on your neighbor's house, whether it's at your kid's school. uh, Go take a look at it and see where it's made and ask yourself, is this the kind of dependence we want to have on another country, particularly a country that does not have our country's best interest in mind? And I went down to, uh, it's called the Albuquerque Biopark, it's a fancy way of saying the zoo, and where they have built those uh, parking shades made out of solar panels, every single one, from the largest solar manufacturer based out of Shanghai, China. Same thing at the golf course. Every single one, solar panels manufactured in Malaysia for a Chinese company. They are literally taking jobs out of the United States, out of New Mexico, and then they're using our taxpayer dollars to buy solar panels that are manufactured in a country that some would consider our enemy right now. Yeah, certainly. So we've um, outlined all of that in the study. Again, go to powerofthefuture.com, check it out, um, and, and continue to uh, become involved in learning more and more about what China is trying to do to harm America, right? We, we've, we know about their meddling in cyber, uh, cyber attacks. We know about their meddling in national security. We know about the Huawei um, potential for you know, spying on our military and militaries across the world. One of the ways that they're really looking to harm freedom is by controlling uh, supply chains wherever they can. And in the, in the context of green energy, those guys out there, uh, we'll call them the eco-left, the environmental radicals, the eco-extremists, they've bought into this. Because why? Ultimately, their goal is to make America more dependent on government and weaken America. Weaken America's energy weaken America's um, security. It's not, you know, it's not hard to tie the eco-extremist movement back to the Chinese government, Larry. Absolutely. It it makes us beholden to another country. And let's just assume for a second that it was a friendly country. Again, if anything, the last few years have taught us dependence upon other countries is not what we want. Even if it's in a friendly situation, we want those jobs here. We want that manufacturing here. And we want to make sure that we are independent in every way possible. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that that Power of the Future does, obviously, as an advocacy organization and not as a political one, is point out 
when the green movement, the uh, the eco left, does something stupid. And this past week, uh, actually last weekend, um, here in Anchorage, we had U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan, who's running for re-election uh, against a gentleman named Al Gross, who's running as an independent backed by the Democratic Party. Um, Sullivan had his Anchorage campaign kickoff. Again, not a political organization, but we're going to tie it back to the eco left. During the uh, and during the introduction of Senator Sullivan, he was approached rather quickly by a couple of women uh, who came in from the audience. One reached into her bag to grab something. One attempted to unfurl a banner. In other words, these people were protesting. But the way that the lady, and there's video on the powerthefuture.com website, it's under an article I wrote called Protesters with Eco-Extremist Ties Rush Senator Dan Sullivan at Campaign Event. Now, we all remember, if you are a sitting legislator or a camp campaign, uh, in, in a campaign and a candidate, people do stupid stuff all the time, right? We know that protests happen. We know that tracking happens. But we also remember when things turn violent and people are, well, let's just say hypersensitive uh, today about violence. We remember Gabby Giffords being shot. We remember Congressman uh, Steve Scalise at the softball practice getting shot. Who knows what these women were doing, especially when one reached into her bag. Now, here's where it gets the tide of the eco left. What did she pull out? She pulled out about a, ah, I'm going to call it about a 10 pound caribou heart now, you heard it right a caribou heart are those in the supermarket in alaska do you just pick those up on the street uh, corner no you, you, you get them from a subsistence lifestyle and <laughs> and certainly they're not sitting at, at kroger's so she wasn't vegetarian is what you're saying yeah no she she certainly wasn't but she said she was giving it to him as a gift as she tossed it at his way as she was being led um away by uh the the senator's campaign manager and others who saw the potential threat and reacted accordingly. Now, here's where it gets great. The, the, <laughs> now people, it gets that great. <laughs> took, the people that took credit for it are part of um, a movement that's backed by the, the Defend the Sacred Alaska movement, that extremist organization whose spinoff is the Gwich'in Steering Committee, who's raked in probably tens of millions of dollars from eco-groups uh, and, and partner with groups like the Sierra Club and, and others to fight Anwar development, all in the all in the name of this imaginary threat to their subsistence way of lifestyle and uh, their sacred caribou. They're backed by the Fairbanks Climate Change, uh, uh, Fairbanks Climate Action Coalition. They're they're um, backed by the Alaska Center for the Environment. They're backed by all these other groups. So, as a matter of fact, two of the people actually work for eco organizations, but they were there peacefully to. Um, you know, just let the senator know how much they love him and give him a caribou heart as they chuck it at him. Great you job, guys. Way, know, way, to, way to make yourself look like total you-know-whats. Say what you will, but I want to see that campaign finance disclosure where someone had to buy a caribou heart. Or like, oh, you know... They just, they just, they just subsistence harvest it. Oh, so it's, a, it. so it's an in-kind donation. Is that what that is? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, speaking of, of campaign finances, again, that, that would be uh, interesting to see if that is filed as in-kind. Uh, here in New Mexico, I think we touched on it last week. On Tuesday evening, our governor had a virtual fundraiser for Joe Biden. Keep in mind, Biden wasn't there. 
And so she was the headliner and it was billed as a clean energy conversation. And residents were encouraged to donate anywhere from $100 or if you wanted to be a champion participant, you can donate as much as $5,600 to listen in on the clean energy conversation. And as we all know, now I, I don't know how many caribou hearts may or may not have been exchanged at the virtual conversation. Maybe that's why they had it after what happened in Alaska. But here's the, the part where it, it gets serious for both of our states and the workers for both of our states. As the energy industry is trying to get back up on its feet, as demand goes back up across the world, you have eco-left politicians working to raise money so that they can pay for their next ad, their next tracker, their next eco hit that is going to undermine jobs in each of our state. So there's no word yet, and I doubt the Biden campaign will ever disclose it, no word yet on how much money was raised. And to my knowledge, no media attended uh, the virtual conversation about it. But you have in New Mexico, a governor who derives over 40% of her state budget from carbon-based uh, energy. And she is talking uh, with the you know one hand saying how she loves to spend that money and then the other going on a virtual fundraiser for Joe Biden who has promised to end all drilling on federal lands, which is over 30% of the land here in New Mexico, I believe probably higher in Alaska. And 62. It, 62%. And so taking those lands um, off the table as far as energy development is concerned, and also just undermine the economies of both of our states. It talks to the fact that the eco-left, uh, when they start handing hearts to politicians, you know they've run out of arguments. When they start having virtual fundraisers that you have to pay to get in because they don't want to face any criticism, you know they're running out of arguments. And so all that to say, you know, as we get ready to, to wrap up, Rick, it is... Um, you know, nice to see that they're running out of arguments, but their tactics, I think, are going to get even more and more clear as to the fact that they can't stand on uh, what they say they believe. Yeah, no, the aggressiveness will ramp up. The rhetoric will ramp up because if you don't have facts, you run on fear. If you don't have uh, logic, you run, you know, you run on on confusion. And we're seeing it right now from the eco left and from the Democratic politicians that are out there the Biden campaign uh, moving further and further and further left each and every day, Larry. And that's scary when you look at, at how our states really uh, fund themselves. Well, Rick, you're absolutely right. And it's another week uh, done, my friend. We're out of time. And so if anyone wants to get a hold of us, you can reach Rick at Rick at powerthefuture.com or Larry at powerthefuture.com. We would love to hear from you, even if you're mad at us and, uh, you know, I'm not going to say Rick would take your heart, but if you want to, you know, <laughs> uh, send a little love his way, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. But until then, everyone, thanks for listening. We're always glad to have you with us. And always to our EcoLeft friends, you're fracking you're welcome. You're fracking welcome. That's it for this episode of You're Fracking Welcome. Brought to you by Power the Future. Check us out online at powerthefuture.com or on Twitter at PTF New Mexico and PTF Alaska. In the meantime, make sure you tell your favorite radical environmentalist, you're fracking welcome.